Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson, and we made it to the last Friday in the month of February. Coming up, I'm going to chat with a woman who has been waking up before sunrise every day to go swimming in a very cold Lake Michigan. She says it's helping her get out of her pandemic funk. If there's open water, we're swimming. You know, Deirdre will leap off of the ladder and she does 30 strokes out, 30 strokes back. So if we can swim, we swim. Then we'll get a preview of award season before the Golden Globes this weekend. But first, it's our panel on the week that was with two very exciting guests. First up, we have musician and author Dessa. Dessa, welcome back to Nerdette. Thanks for having me. And the host of the public radio show Snap Judgment, Glenn Washington. Glenn, hi. Hey. Okay, so I think we need to start this week, as we have with many weeks, by talking about the COVID pandemic, perhaps unsurprisingly. Um, This week we hit a very grim milestone. Half a million people in the United States now have died of coronavirus. Meanwhile, the FDA approved another vaccine, and there's more talk of another stimulus package coming from Congress. All of these things would be a lot to process in any given week, let alone whatever individual, personal and professional trauma all of us have been getting through. We're also nearing the one year anniversary of shutdowns that started across the U.S. I'm curious to talk to both of you about the idea of a pandemic wall. This is a phrase that's been circulating for a couple months now, but I don't know. I feel like I'm really feeling it. I'm curious what that looks like for you. Glenn, what do you think? Um, yeah, um, I have uh, a boy and a girl and Mm -hmm. we're done with this whole pandemic nonsense, but I'm trying to tell them we are almost over this hill in the Bay The it seems like the, the cases are plummeting that if we wait just a little bit longer that we're going to get to this promised land. But I, I just don't know. I'm saying it and I don't know if I believe it, but I think it's cool to say, we're going to start planning now for, that time when we can do stuff again, that time we can see people again. And just that planning seems to, it's brought cheer to our world a little bit. Yeah. So what about you, Dessa? Like, what does a pandemic wall look like for you these days? You know, like, I think it was in the 90s, those like gladiator shows where where people would like, you know, run obstacle <laughs> courses. I feel like there's so You're many... Thinking, like literally hitting walls. Yeah. Yes. I feel like... I feel like there are a multiplicity of walls, at least for me. I feel like the first three months felt really different, you know, but now I I feel like I'm reckoning with the idea that it might just be so long that there is no returning to the um, the kind of world that I knew it as an artist. You know, it's like artists' careers are, we're not mayflies. We're not like gymnasts. You know what I mean? They're not four years long, but they're not usually like 60 years long either Mm -hmm. and so to figure out like if there are no concerts for a year you know that's a different prospect to grapple with than if there are no concerts for two years or three years when do you think you're going to get back on the road 
Well, yeah. So, you know, in the beginning, we used to put like dates on the calendar, like just in case dates. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, So I've got some just in case dates up now for like September, but... I, I, it's, for me, it's a coin flip. I think if those if those will run, I mean, it's sort of like you know the relay race. Like you can't start from a standstill, so you just like jog a little bit before the dude behind you passes you the baton. <laughs> you know, so we're just kind of continually pushing these dates a quarter by quarter. But most of the summer festivals just canceled, uh, you know, last week. So yeah, same here. I mean, um, I know this. I don't want to see another Zoom thing of any type from anybody <laughs> in any circumstances for any reason. I don't want to see that. And I don't, I certainly don't want to make it. So um, what is it though? These the Zoom videos, they look like prison, like like captive videos, like send money. and It's like proof of life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? We got to stop this. I don't know though. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, but as, especially as someone who lives alone, like I'm so hungry for any approximation of people coming together that it's like, if that's, if that's all I can have, I'm still going to participate, you know? See, I live alone too. And I was, I feel like I'm getting way more neurotic and I was already sort of leaning into that (laughs) beforehand. You know, like all the regular checks and balances, I think have sort of eroded. Uh, I, I live alone as well. My kids go back and forth, but I wonder how broken I'm going to be going forward. Like I, the fact of the matter is that I kind of like being by myself a little yeah. bit more than I'm supposed to. Yeah, mm-hmm. that actually worries me. Not more than anything, but like we're going to have to put pants on. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, forget yeah. all that nonsense. <laughs> My sweatsuit game is tight. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Yes. It's all about that loungewear. <laughs> I, I will say this, and this is this is completely opposite of what I just said, but... um. I did just order a reflective silver suit yes. yesterday. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so something else that happened this week that I was really curious to get y'all's take on is former President Barack Obama dropped a podcast where he, he talks with Bruce Springsteen. I guess kind of they're like co-hosting it together or something. I'm curious if this is something that is like remotely interesting to either of you. Dessa, what do you think? Yes. It is interesting to me. I mean, I have a lot of strong feelings about it, but I can't reconcile them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they run into each other because it's called Renegades. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that feels like, a, <laughs> not to throw shade, but like that feels like an aspirational title. Like if I think of like, you know, Renegades bucking every trend, it's not like a former president. Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and then I looked it up just to make sure. You looked up the definition. I'm going to read it because this is a bad title. I'm going on record. Oh, great. Great. Go on. A person who deserts and betrays an organization, country, or set of principles wow. is the first definition. That wouldn't have, that wouldn't have passed the focus group that I had any part um, And then I listened to a little bit of it uh-huh. and I was like, you know, I am really interested in what both of these people, I just, I was, I was sucked in, in a surprising way. I I was sucked in by what both of them had to say. That's interesting. What do you think, Glenn? Um, I think, honestly, this is why it it actually inspires me that two people at the top of their game are out doing stuff. Um, neither of them has to do anything ever again, but they're out trying things or out this could be a failure. They're out putting themselves out. As any artist that actually has a career will tell you, the art is maybe 
30% of how you spend your day, 20% at most, maybe something like that. The rest of it is keeping the lights on. If you could flip that equation um, a little bit and then actually focus on what you're doing, that would be just beyond phenomenal. And I love, I just love that these guys, if, if they can put it out there still and get the boos and the cat calls that go with any creative endeavor, then I think... I think it's great. Yeah, that's a really that's a really beautiful way of looking at it. Speaking of work, another story that caught our attention this week was about the guy in Arizona who made it look like he was kidnapped to get out of working at a tire store. Did, I understand. I understand. Do you? <laughs> I understand this brother. I understand his pain. I really do. <laughs> Tell me more. He beat himself up. He shoved some stuff in his mouth, tied his behind up and was on the ground because he didn't go to work, go to work at the tire store. There's so many jobs. I, I would have done the same thing for just a few days piece. But um, I, I think in one time in particular, one time in particular, I could not go into my office. I could not go there. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Hmm. And instead I went and I wandered and there was a library and I know that there was a special archive um, that nobody ever goes to in a in the third floor back room of this library. I was just going to go there and think for a minute. I get there, and there's somebody else from my office there doing the same thing. <laughs> we we act like we didn't see each other, but we saw each other, and we understood, and we understand this brother right here. Oh, that's so solid. Um, I'm I'm I'll say it. I'm real skeptical about this whole thing. <laughs> I am. I'm very highly skeptical. Okay. Do I acknowledge that this 19-year-old dude shoved a rag in his own mouth, bound his own hands with his belt, then positioned his prone body roadside? I do. I do acknowledge. Okay? That's not an arguable fact pattern. But my question is, okay, they interview this dude. They interview, you know, the people who might have essentially corroborated his story, Mm -hmm. right? They spend a week on this, the authorities do. One of the things that he says is that his dad, his rich father, has buried some unidentified amount of treasure in the nearby desert. Love a treasure hunt. Yeah. And then he's got text messages to back all this up, right? Yeah. They take his phone. No such text messages exist. Okay, listen. Mm. The only place that I could find anyway that presents the account of this entire adventure as being motivated by getting out of a couple of days at the tire store, Right was from the cops meaning like there's a dude who is obviously like hey if you need an excuse to get out of work there's kind of a ubiquitous one airborne at the moment man literally ubiquitous like (laughs) so we trust him with everything right including you know we we don't trust him with anything except the account of why he did it like yo this dude is obviously or i shouldn't say that i would wonder if this dude is in some larger distress Mm -hmm. because if he just wanted off a couple days of work that's pretty easy but if he sounds like he's going through it, Yeah, man. for sure, for sure. Um, Des is more um, hardcore on this dude than I am. I, I could just, I could see myself tying my own hands. So I was going to give him, but it's a good point you're making here. My, my, my only point is I think this guy is in mental distress. And yeah. why aren't we saying like, hey, here's a dude who's obvious, who's potentially in the throes of right. something serious, who could use a compassionate account right now. And every local station's running it like a joke. Yeah, Thanks it is. It is one of those stories oh. where like at first glance, you're like, oh, this is kind of hilarious. And then it's like, oh, no, this is actually really sad that this is what these are the lengths this kid went through to get out of a day at work at a place he doesn't want to work, you know, like, I don't even know if it's, I'm saying like, it's delusional. Like if they're like, Hey, let me see your phone. He's like, actually they're not there. There you go. Like, 
I mean, did he actually believe that stuff or was he just so desperate and spun out in the throes of like some pretty serious isolation and everything else that we're going through? Maybe it's just an ad for the tire store. Ooh, the plot thickens. <laughs> they fired him immediately. Um, that was the last line of the article I saw. But you got a good point here. I mean, this guy's got some issues beyond yes. the, like the whole deal. Like, um, if you're running around in the desert talking about somebody's got some buried treasure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as a person who will stretch the truth to avoid a day's work, that's not really a good one. Yeah. You're working real hard to get out of work. Do you know what I right. mean? Like, it's, it sounds like a really bad day, man. So, Dessa, what's the most elaborate thing you've done to skip a day of work? Oh, I'm so horrible. I mean, I, I mean that I'm lame. I don't mean like I'm like in my <laughs> in my world, like even when I wanted to skip school, I was like such such a, not a goody two shoes, but like I was you I was it. proud. Yeah, it was I, like nose to the grindstone. Or yeah, but I also I also wanted to go get high, you know, so I remember telling <laughs> I remember telling my dad, like, listen, my grade point average is banging. Yep. Yep. I had that conversation. I'm not going to go to school today. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I would just skip, but I needed to, I didn't want to do it under the cover of darkness. That's funny. I would call my mom. I'd be like, yo, AP Calc has a sub. I'm going to go get high <laughs> at Marty's house. And she'd be like, okay, thanks for letting me know where you'll be. It was great. <laughs> wow. Y'all had different parents than I did. <laughs> I might have omitted the drugs on the call to my dad. Well, there you go. There you go. Okay, come on. Bring it home. (laughs) Glenn, Dessa, thank you so much for taking the time. It was really wonderful to talk with you today. Great being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I recently came across a story here in Chicago about a group of women who jump into Lake Michigan nearly every morning right around sunrise. Now, I could have asked to tag along and jump in myself, but instead I will be chatting with one of them from the comfort and relative warmth of the floor of my bedroom closet. Jennifer Hoffman is here now. Jennifer, hello. How are you, Greta? I'm good. How are you? Oh, fantastic. It's great to be here. So did you go in this morning? Um, I certainly did. And I was going to say it might have been a wonderful morning for you to come because it's very balmy out there. (laughs) It's gotten a lot warmer. Yeah. So I think we should start with with the big obvious question, probably. Why do you do this? Um, You know, I think the why has changed a little bit. I mean, now Mm. there's several components. I think the why for me originally was um, I was dealing with some pretty heavy personal things in my life. And it was COVID. And I just felt like uh, it could help. I mean, it seems like a great way to really get out of your head. I think uh, that for me was also something so important. I think um, when you swim in cold water, I didn't realize it at the time. But I think what happens is that you are forced to be in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you struggle with that, uh, it's a fantastic way to to deal with that. When you tell people about the fact that you do this, and I assume someone inevitably must say, that's completely insane. How do you respond? You know, I, I actually tell everyone that you can do it. It's actually much calmer and less crazy than you would think. 
Hmm. It's actually extremely calming. And the water, in fact, feels warm, if that makes any sense. It's the air that is the challenge when you get out. So, yeah, it's not as crazy. I think the visuals look crazy. <laughs> and I think people can, like, decide to make it crazier, I guess. Um, but it's actually a really meditative, very, very calming experience. So can you, for those of us who can't tag along with you or who maybe aren't brave enough to tag along with you, can you describe what it's, I mean, how early are you waking up? When are you getting there? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does yeah, it feel like? I wake up at five every morning, which is, you know, I'm an early bird, but not that early. Yeah, but that's, that's I, almost nighttime. Yeah, it, it is nighttime. And I um you know, I kind of uh, wake up, I go to my kitchen, I put my bathing suit on immediately. Hmm. I, you know, boil up a kettle full of water uh, to make some hot tea to bring with me. And then I, you know, I get on my snow pants and my wool layer and my two very warm coats. And then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, walk quietly uh, down to the to the lake. And... Um, sort of take it in and then just start the process of, of uh, getting out of my winter gear. So, and you, you, you mentioned that you're doing this with several other women. Okay. I am. Are you chatting with them as you walk to the lake or is it pretty quiet? Through um, most of you know, process? depending on when we each get there, I mean, you know, it's quiet often because I get there before they do. Deandra, hurry up, man. But, um, if we get there at the same time, we're walking. Uh, but we often, you know, we joke. It's this sort of 20-minute maximum amount of time that we have this sort of, you know, distanced social interaction in the morning. <laughs> and often the conversation kind of takes place in the parking lot because, you know, you know, keep our distance. So. Mm-hmm. so you take off your layers. You're just in your swimsuit. You usually keep a hat on, right? Um, yeah, I keep my woolen hat on. I take all of my stuff off. I get into the, the water and I'm in probably for about, you know, two to five minutes tops. It's unusually cool. Yeah, it's, it's like we're professional athletes icing ourselves here. Okay. Deirdre, as soon as you're ready, come on in. What does it feel like to get in? You know what? It it actually, for me at this point, it feels warm. Whoo, that feels good. God. I think for some, for some, when you're in there, it does start to feel sort of like, maybe like pins and needles, but in a good way, you know, like there's mm-hmm. a kind of, there's a sensation on your skin, mm-hmm. but I feel very warm and it's not until I get out this is where you have to go fast. That really the hands, I, I'll have to mention the hands are what really gets extremely dysfunctional very quickly if you don't get dressed quickly. Oof, and then you kind of feel this, uh, you know, numbing of your hands. They start to not work properly. And then you, you know, 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, you will often have what's called an after drop. And that is where you shake profusely. And it sounds worse than it is, but um, it's when your core starts to warm up and your mm-hmm. blood starts to flow back to your <laughs> extremities. So when you're in there for just a couple of minutes, are you treading water? 
if there's open water, we're swimming, you know, we're doing, you know, we're going for a swim, you know, I do a breaststroke now because I wear the hat, but you know, Deirdre will, you know, leap off of the ladder. And she does like a backstroke, you know, uh, 30 strokes out, 30 strokes back. So if we can swim, we swim. Um, Right now with the ice, it's been, it's been a novelty, but you know, with that, we're digging sort of a small pool if it's possible. And it's more of a, it's more of a cold bath, but, you know, clearly with a a landscape that's (laughs) unbelievable. And when you say when there's a hole, what you're talking about is if the lake has frozen over and you have to smash a hole in order to get to the water through the ice, right? Yes, which, which (laughs) has been, which has been the case. Um, you know, this particular winter, yes, we use sledgehammers, you know, a pick, like a garden pick. Um, and, uh, yes, I did not think that I would, would be doing that. I knew I would swim in ice, like surrounded by ice. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, we will dig a hole if we have to. I imagine there's got to be a certain catharsis to just like smashing the shit out of some ice with a sledgehammer. There is, you know, there is something cathartic that you're sort of getting to a place where you um, need to be, you know, for a few minutes and you'll do what it takes without Mm. endangering yourself, of course. But (laughs) I love that. So you mentioned earlier that you started this ritual because you thought it might help. Yeah. Has it? Um, You know, it absolutely has. And uh, it's taken time, but... uh, you know, for me, it wasn't just anxiety. I think I, I had one of the worst depressions in my, my life. Mm-hmm. I, I would say it took five months, but it helped. You know, something has been exercised out of my myself. And um, so I will say, yes, I, I, I absolutely think it helps. It's just such a beautiful story. I just I just love it so thank you so much for sharing this experience with me oh Greta thank you I mean I think when when there's joy in something uh, it's good to be able to share it yeah I think this is definitely one of those stories so thank you oh Jennifer Hoffman, delightful human, cold water enthusiast. Many thanks also to Chicago Tribune columnist Mary Schmeek for her story on these ladies and for helping get us in touch. Now, our producer, Isabel, was so intrigued by this story that they actually woke up before dawn to go record Jennifer and her friends in the water. And wouldn't you know it, Isabel decided they had to go in too. This one? Yeah, right there. Yeah. Isabel, WBEC producer, going in the ice. That's the deeper ledge right there. You can sit on that guy. Woo! It is cold. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes, really. (laughs) All right. How do you feel? I'm like breathing. Yeah, breathe in. Yeah, breathe, breathe. Yeah, no, I feel it, good. I mean, good. it is kind of warm in a certain way. Is it? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>
Wow! You know what? You can really just move past it. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Whew. Okay, I think that is going to be it That's for me, it. though. That's it, because you'll, wow. get, you'll get the after yeah. drop. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> that is cool. Woohoo! Woo, it makes me cold just to think about it. Do I have FOMO? A little bit. Am I still cozy in this closet? I mean, kind of, yeah. Coming up after the break, pop culture writer Eliana Doctorman joins us to discuss the wonder slash oddity that is the Golden Globe Awards. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. So the Golden Globe Awards are this weekend. The SAG Awards and the Oscars are around the corner in April. Yes, I am standing by the statement that April is around the corner. Who has been nominated? What got snubbed? Is awards season really what the world needs right now? Here to answer all of these questions is Eliana Doctorman, who writes about pop culture for time. Eliana, hey. Hi. So right off the bat, I had to ask Eliana about a pretty big story surrounding the Golden Globes this year. Maybe you've heard about it. Basically, the LA Times uncovered a series of ethical lapses by the group that votes on the Golden Globes, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. And one big example of that was a bunch of them were flown out to visit the set of Emily in Paris last year. They were put up in luxury hotels. It sounds ridiculous. Here's Eliana's take. I'll just say that except unsurprising and explains a lot Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah so I think that that is sort of that meta narrative is reflected in the nominees this year which are bizarre um and partially it's because it's a pandemic year not as many things came out as otherwise would have if movie theaters were open if tv sets hadn't been shut down but there are some seriously odd things nominated for this weekend's golden globes So shows like Emily in Paris may be getting more than their due. And meanwhile, shows like I May Destroy You, which, you know, are pretty highly critically acclaimed, were overlooked. Eliana says there is one show that's getting exactly the recognition it deserves. I don't know if I have evangelized about Ted Lasso on this show yet. You haven't, but it's such a delightful, wonderful, joyful show. It's like a warm hug of a television series. And I just want all good things for Ted Lasso. And if it makes more people watch it, um, then I really hope that Ted Lasso gets all of the awards it deserves. Another big story this year has to do with female directors. This year, there are three women up for best director in the Golden Globes, which is like the first time that has ever happened in, I mean, I guess you could just say in all of human history. Yes, and that is 
very exciting news. And I suspect at least two of those women will also be nominated for Oscars. Um, Chloe Shaw, who directed Nomadland um, mm-hmm. and is about to become very much a household name between this and she has a Marvel movie coming out supposedly at towards the end of this year, though it's always hard to tell when right. movies are actually coming out now. Um, uh-huh. But uh, she is, I would say, the front runner for both Golden Globes and Oscars uh, for both Best Picture and Best Director, which would mean that she is the second woman ever and first woman of color ever to win an Oscar if she does win for Best Director. And speaking of the patriarchy, Eliana had one more recommendation before we let her go. I love the movie Wolfwalkers, um, Hmm. which is if you are, okay, here's a tip. If you are using your tri- your Apple trial to watch Ted Lasso, which you mm. give a gift to yourself, go do that right now. Okay. While you're on Apple, go check out the animated film Wolfwalkers. It's about two little girls that turn into wolves when they go to sleep and defend a magical forest from like the patriarchy. It's Oh god, that sounds that sounds right up my alley at it, least, Eliana. So cute. It is great. So I highly recommend Wolfwalkers. It's on Apple TV plus. Um, yeah. That's it. That's, that's a great recommendation. I love it. Uh, Eliana, thank you so much for offering up some expertise. We appreciate it. Of course. I'm sorry that I wasn't able to uh, speak more optimistically about the somewhat rigged Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. Maybe we'll get some more optimism next time. <laughs> great. Eliana Doctorman is a pop culture writer for Time. It is always a pleasure to hear from her. All right, that's it for today. We would love to know, though, if you would ever climb into very cold water. Have you ever done a polar plunge? Share your polar plunge experience with us or tell us why you refuse to do it over on our Facebook group. Just search for Nerdette Headquarters. The show is produced by me and Isabel Carter. Our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak, and we will see you next Friday. See you next week. See you next month. See you in March. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Tan Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.